blanket and some sunblock. It's time for lying on the beach on camera. Lowest and stay. Welcome to another edition of Lying on the Beach on Camera. I'm Steve Greenberg with Lois Whitman Hess. And today we go from the beach to the open sea because our special guest is Maurice Zarmati. He's one of the original Carnival Cruise uh, team. He started in 1972 as a Southeast regional representative and ultimately became the vice president of worldwide sales before going on to lead Costa Cruises of North America as president and CEO. Maurice has seen the crew industry, the cruise industry grow from just a, a small ships to these huge mega ships. So ahoy, Maurice, welcome aboard the Lido deck of the SS lying on the beach. And first question, you know, we had this huge pandemic. It was a, a big blow to the cruise industry. Do you see smooth seas ahead for the cruise industry or is it gonna be choppy waters? What's your thoughts? Well, uh, every indication tells us that we're, we're gonna be superb. We've come back from this beautifully, uh, all nine brands and um, it's it, people, Steve, need vacations. It's part of like taking medicine. So you take, you go on vacation because it's a necessary component of life. You may not buy a car, but you're gonna go on vacation. But that year plus when no one was going on the cruise industry, I mean, you still had to pay your leases and loans and whatnot on those boats. Oh, yes. You weren't having passengers. Was this like, a, did you just, the cruise industry go deeper and, you know, underwater or were you able to stay afloat the whole time or how did that go? Well, I don't like to say underwater, but I can tell you that we had, we had our challenges during pandemic, but everybody did. So we're lucky enough that, that the, the company had done well over the last 50 years. So um, we survived. And the moment that we were allowed to sail, we sailed. So Maurice, where are most of the sales coming from? What are the demographics of the people that are going on cruises today? Lois, they're coming from all over, uh, traditionally North America, but we get folks from everywhere, Europe, the Far East, uh, the Middle East, uh, you name it, the Caribbean, South America. So Patricia. people are not concerned about the pandemic anymore in terms of going on a cruise and catching something. How does that work these days? By, by the signs of our occupancy levels over the last, since we started, it's very encouraging, very healthy. From the minute they opened up the cruises again and saying, okay, you can go back on a cruise once the pandemic was underway, it, it was crowded right away. Well, I won't say crowded right away. It was a ramp up, but we also kept back some space to make sure that we were safe. And once we found out just how safe we were, because everybody was vaccinated, everybody. So everyone so must be vaccinated to go on a cruise. 99%. Or, or like I have some friends that are not, that are anti-vaxxers. Could they get on the cruise with me? 
Depends on the brand. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, so one one cruise brand like Carnival uh, doesn't isn't as strict, whereas Princess might be stricter. I mean, is it, is it really like that? Is it each brand has a different policy? No, I'm Princess, surprised. Carnival, Holland America, you got to be vaccinated. Uh, unless they've changed it in the last forty eight hours, you got to be vaccinated. Yeah. Okay. And so everybody feels very safe then on the cruise line. I mean, this is like a safe zone. You go on a cruise line, there's no questions to be asked. I mean, you go to the supermarket, you have a lot of questions. Yeah, supermarket. Look at Las Vegas. Who's vaccinated in Las Vegas? Right. Pumpkins, nobody. In in on a ship, if the majority of the public is vaccinated, the majority of the public is not vaccinated when you're going to Las Vegas. Or and when you leave the ship. <laughs> so, Pardon me? Yeah. No, when you leave the ship, it's an open uh, open season for anyone, anywhere. Has has the cruise industry changed the way it, you know, cleans up itself? I mean, there was a lot of jokes would have said, you know, the cruise industry, you know, there's a floating Petri dish. And, and there were all these outbreaks of things even before the pandemic. So, so since then, and since the pandemic, ha have the policies and procedures changed for Completely. keeping the cruise industry it, clean the boats it's, clean it's the safest destination you can think of because not only has it changed and improved its quality of housekeeping to a point that is phenomenal when i tell you so the upgrade has been if it's close if i can say a hundred percent not that it was bad before but today the protocols are off the charts so that's, that's wonderful. Maurice, for our audience that's listening in, you have been in the cruise business for, for many decades, correct? Yes. How many cruises have you been on? 860 with a caveat. What's the caveat? Yeah. If I spent one night on board, I counted it as a cruise. If I spent 14 nights on board, then it was a cruise. What was your favorite cruise? Oh. It depends. It's like asking me which girlfriend I like the best. Oh. <laughs> which girlfriend did you like the best? <laughs> I have to tell you later. <laughs> uh, what's amazing is you did all these cruises, 860 cruises, and you're, you're not 500 pounds. I would think you would be like, you know, tremendous after all those buffets. So you've managed to uh, find the right balance of cruising and tremendous spas on all the ships and we have wonderful cuisine that lends to you not gaining weight. Oh, is that true? Tell us about that. Well, they, again, depending on the brand, there are so many different menus, varied menus that can keep you at the same weight that when you board it, you know, there used to be a time where you boarded the vessel as a passenger and you got off as cargo. Yeah, right. Oh, he knows all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm aware of that. I'm very aware of that. Not, any, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore, right? No. I, so, I always worried that the little doors to your the, the cabin rooms needed to be bigger. If you, if you start the cruise, you can kind of fit through. By the end of the cruise, you've got to maneuver your way through. <laughs> so, so, Maurice, also, our listeners, they heard Steve's introduction, but uh, tell us your status with with uh, Carnival, like who started and who's still there. And just give us a little bio on you, the things that you're proud about 
because you have a, you had like one of the best careers that I know. Thank you. I, I'm most proud of having joined when we were at the humble beginnings of the cruise industry, which was 1970. And in 1972, uh, we formed Carnival Cruise Lines and we just celebrated our 50th birthday party. Mazel tov. Considering that, when you look at where we started and where we are, we turned it on its ear. Phenomenal. Uh, Maurice, I'm wondering between Carnival and all of those cruise brands and Royal Caribbean and its cruise brands, et cetera, is there like a, a camaraderie or is it less like a, a blood match and you guys hate each other? What's the relationship between the different companies? Very far from a bloodbath that all the senior leaderships talk to each other. They know each other. This is not about competing with another brand. This is competing with land-based resorts and, and sightseeing destinations. When you fill a ship once, and it's, let's say it's got 3,000, 4,000 people on it, and it sails, it's gone. How many hotels are out there lurching for their business? Right. I, I, and, and I once read that the percentage of people who've ever been on a cruise is actually pretty small. It's just a you know, 4% or something like that of Americans who've ever been on a cruise. Is that still true or am I mistaken? There, it's a lot more than 4%. But I can, oh, it is, okay. I can tell you that when you consider the cruise industry did 25 million people pre-pandemic, Las Vegas did 77 million pre-pandemic. Orlando did 80 million pre-pandemic. If you look at the opportunity that remains based on those statistics, the sky's the limit. That is why owners are continuing to build ships. And oh, every brand that you know, there's a ship being built. So again, Maurice, we skipped over it and I don't want to lose it during this interview. Your status with Carnival, how many people started with you and how many people are still there? Tell us who you are. Ted Arison was the founding chairman of Carnival Cruise Lines. When we formed a company, we had 24 people. I was one of them. Uh, Ted's son, Mickey Arison, who's now the chairman of the company, was another one. And the rest are all retired or unfortunately passed on. So from that standpoint, it was a pretty small nucleus of people who, and most of those people retired from the company and retired, that's it, they didn't go anyplace else. So the legacy of the family that Ted Arison and Mickey Arison created still exists today. That's amazing. So how does that make you feel? You must be very proud of yourself that you've I, had quite a career. Every time I tell the story, I amaze myself that I was part of it because I, I went from college right to his office. Oh, oh tell the story about when Ted interviewed you and you didn't have your diploma yet. Well, he interviewed me. Well, I, I found a three by five card at the University of Miami where I graduated from. And it said, if you're interested in cruising, call Boom Boom. So I called and the next... Uh, morning I was sitting in front of him and 
I was graduating that afternoon. And he says to me, you know, I want a college graduate. I said, yes, sir. He says, did you graduate? I said, I'm graduating this afternoon. And he, I said, would you like me to come back tomorrow and bring you the diploma? He said, no, if you tell me you're graduating, that's good enough for me. And then that's one of the things that I loved about him, how just direct he was and trusting he was. He was trusting. Further from that, consider the fact that the, 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 the aura that I was experiencing about being a member of a family to me mm -hmm. gave me the incentive to excel because I found my home. I was solicited many, many times to go other places. And I said, no, Arison gave me my shot. I'm sticking with it, with the match. Oh, you're beautiful. First his father and then the son. So my first cruise was on another brand, which we representative at the time. And we had a, you know, a bunch of agents on board and everybody was having a super time. And that was my first day on board. And I said, oh, I want to be part of this. This is for me. <laughs> and that's when I was appointed Southeast sales representative and then moved up from there. But it, you're, it, you're remarkable. Do you, how do you feel about how big the ships have gotten? I mean, they, they've gotten bigger and bigger. And now they've gotten like these mega ships where you can have, you know, five, 6,000 people on, on one ship. Does that give you pause or you think it's better with more people or you think maybe it is too many people? What are your thoughts about these mega ships that we now see uh, coming in and out of Miami? There is a cruise for everyone. If you're taking your kids and going on a ship and want a lot of activity and want a lot of glitz and want a lot of everything that's on board those big vessels, it's there. If you want to go on a luxury product with your wife because you're renewing your vows and want a honeymoon, you're going on a luxury ship. There's a ship for everyone in the segment, in, in, in each segment. And we have so many segments that the world is your oyster. So Maurice, you're basically saying the ships that carry six, seven, 8,000 people is, is okay for those people that like a big party. Yes, they not only like the big party, but they have many different options. If one kid wants to go this way and the other one wants to go the other way, they can do that. And we learned how to manage the passenger complex, uh, components on board. So there's, there's a number of protocols, pre-embarkation, pre-debarkation. Uh, uh, the, the dining is very different. The room service is very different because we have to accommodate what's in the brochure. We have to live by the brochure. We have to be able to disembark those folks in San Juan or St. Thomas, wherever we are, and make sure that it's a smooth process. Same, the embarkation has to be pristine. The debarkation, same. Our job is not done until the folks arrive home. Right. Yeah. What was the most challenging uh, situation you faced in your career in the cruise industry? In 1972, last week was the 50th anniversary. We sailed out of the port of Miami on a ship called the Mardi Gras. 
and we went right into the sand, right by Smith and Walensky. And we were oh. there for 24 hours, almost. And um, we were in touch with the owner and the owner said, we're gonna get off. We're gonna move the, the vessel will sail. So he took the fuel, some of the fuel and some of the water off the ship so he could lighten her up and we sailed. When we arrived in San Juan, we didn't have credit with Belcher Oil Company. So he had to send us the money from the bars and the casino so that we could pay the bill and continue sailing. Oh my gosh. That was the most challenging because we had no cash flow. We paid five and a half million dollars for the ship at the time. The last vessel cost us a billion, 200 million, give or oh take. My God. Give or take. Wow. That's, that's about what Lois spends on glasses. So it's, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, being away for as long as I have been and having kept, I believe, the passion that I have is probably my best um, heartfelt message because cruising continues to be the safest destination and the most enjoyable destination at an affordable price. So don't listen to all the noise. If you want to go, call and book. Call your travel advisor and book it. Boy, that's almost like an advertisement. I just I, felt him. He was I on felt, I felt I could feel the commercial. I could feel the commercials, <laughs> though. Uh, and of course, it's very. It's coming from a very. You know, he he, he sees both sides. So. <laughs> Considering Maurice, do you have any uh, travel plans on any cruises coming up? I do have travel plans this summer, and uh, it depends on uh, how everything is with the family and with how my life is. But okay, so, so tell us, so give us a hint if, if Mr. Cruz, who we're talking to now, the king of cruises had to pick one thing to go on, what would you suggest is like the most fabulous trip that you can make now on a cruise? In, in, in my eyes, only in only, my eyes? Only in your eyes. I would, I would, uh, I would pick uh, one of our newest ship called the Mardi Gras that just, uh, because it was the first. And of course, I'd have to give it a thought about which other vessel I would pick, but there's so but where many... are we going on this? What's happening? Well, the, the, the Mardi Gras Caribbean. Okay. Uh, the others could be Caribbean and they could also be Europe. And because I'm originally from Europe, I may gravitate to that, but don't have to, there's so many choices. Yeah. But, but if, if I, if you were just going to pick a cruise today, would you go to Europe or would you go to the Caribbean? What would be, cause you know, it's, it's the land as well as the cruise. What is the most, you know, noteworthy or remarkable or extraordinary trip we could possibly my, my, take? My personal choice? Yes. Would be the Mediterranean because I came from the Mediterranean. Right. So, and, and it's the best way to see the Mediterranean whether you're a virgin or whether you've had the experience because you only pack and unpack once and you go to see five or six different ports. I, I would agree. I think Mediterranean is a good choice. I did an Alaskan cruise once and I thought that was spectacular too. If you want something very different, I think that's a, a, an interesting one as yes. well. Yes, we have two, two brands 
in our bag of tricks that do Alaska. You but, notice I'm not mentioning the name because I don't want to be accused of commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we don't want. Well, no, no, just just check one of the one of the uh, family of Carnival cruises, so you'll you'll you can find it. I think we're good. Are we good, Lois? We're great. Maurice was fabulous. Maurice, you're fabulous. Uh, I'm thinking about going on a cruise. Uh, Me too. Let's go. So let's, let's do go. it. Let's do it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. One thought. Yes, sure. Operators are standing by to take your reservation. But this is not a commercial. This is not a commercial. Uh, Maurice, thank you so much. Again, we appreciate it. Uh, everybody go pack your bags and head out to a cruise line. And thanks so much. And once again, uh, I'm Steve Greenberg with... Lois Whitman-Hess. And we have been Lying on the Beach. Bye. <laughs>